Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Taking the Road Less Traveled Through a Disrupted World with David Irvin and myself, Allie Stone. podcast is to have open-hearted, real conversations about our authentic journey through this disrupted time in our world. And we also feel that what we learn from this journey will be able to apply to an emerging new world when we come out the other side. In our commitment to make a difference to difference makers, we want to use this podcast to explore what's happening in this time in our lives and as well as what's happening in the lives of those of you who are committed to making a difference making a difference the authentic way. Now, David's mission is to connect leaders to their authentic selves, which inspires and enables them to have a meaningful impact on their organizations, communities, and even their families. David says leadership at its core is about influence and it has nothing to do with our titles or the letters behind our names or even the sizes of our offices. Leadership is about the capacity to inspire others to action. It truly is about making a difference. And Allie Stone has joined me on this journey as she has a deep understanding of what it means to lead authentically. She has spent the last 15 years of her career exploring what caring leadership looks like and how organizations can be built from the heart and still be truly successful. For Allie, leadership is life. She believes anything involving human connection is all interconnected in the experience of living. And she is passionate about working with other leaders who are inspired to create something similar. It is her belief that sharing her lessons will help other leaders gain deeper insights and understanding as to the infinite possibility that lies ahead for each of us when we connect with our hearts. All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another week of The Road Less Traveled through this journey through the COVID-19 pandemic and all of our experiences. This has just been such an incredible journey for all of us. I'm sure David can attest. And it's just uh, incredible that we find ourselves now in a place Uh, Taping today on June 1st, which is crazy. Um, So much has happened. And we're switching roles today, if you haven't noticed. Normally, Dave opens up the podcast. And uh, today, you're stuck with me. So uh, I'm Allie Stone, if you haven't been listening in. And I'm going to uh, interview Dave a little bit today on his current journey. So if you caught uh, last week's episode, we were talking about Uh, my journey through opening our restaurants, our original Joe's and getting them all back open. And now I just want to spend some time picking Dave's brain a little bit about where he's been and how this journey has been for him. I know as he is my mentor, my friend, (laughs) somebody that I trust deeply, he has shared with me a lot of his journey. And uh, it's, it's deep and it's profound. And I believe that he has a really important message to share. So I want to talk a little bit about that today. Dave, are you okay if I, if I pick your brain a little bit? hundred <laughs> percent. It's great. It's good. Put you awesome. on the, on the hot seat, but then you'll put it back on me. I know, Alice. I know. it's always good to do this with you. I, I won't be as good as you as an interviewer, but I'll do my best for you. <laughs> no, you'll be better. Um, so yeah. So I, how about we just kind of start by talking a little bit about 
the journey or the path you've been on, let's even just talk like the last 30 days, because I know it's been pretty intense for you. And you're kind of like, I can see you looking back, you're going 30 days. That's actually a really long time. <laughs> but there has been a really uh, interesting thing happening with you that I've been witnessing. And it's uh, you going through all of these different stages or phases or uh, different ways of processing everything that's happening in the world around you, but then coming out of them emerging. And you're coming out in this new kind of uh, sense of maybe excitement or uh, vantage point or more wide-eyed and bright-eyed for the world and the possibility that exists without around you. And I just think that that's really cool. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that today. So where do you think we should start with this? Well, great introduction. Let me just start by sharing where I'm at at this moment. And then we'll kind of backtrack over the last, the last 30 days. Things change so quickly. And I think we're going through, I'll speak for myself, I'm going through an emotional journey through this in words that I've never experienced these kind of emotions before. Um, and I don't even have a language for them. These things like prolonged uncertainty. I mean, there's one thing to be uncertain. I was just working with a coaching client last week who was telling me about living in a hurry. She was, she was in Florida and she was due to come back to Canada and she had 10 days of uncertainty. And she said, this is like living in a hurricane that you never know is going to, because you know in a hurricane, it's, it's going to be over and we're going to get out of here. Mm -hmm. And so there's that level of uncertainty. But then there's this ambiguous loss, anticipatory grief, all of these feelings that I don't even have words for, but there's just some kind of strange emotion that's surfacing. And so I've gone through my own emotional reaction this last, certainly the last two and a half months. Um, in the last 30 days, what I've been teaching people is, and what I'm trying to live, is that the way to be strong right now is to be real and not avoid and try to be strong. The way to get strength right now is just to be with whatever you're going through. And I have really been practicing learning that as much as I've been practicing. I, I'm not even close to mastering it um, because I'm just in the middle of learning it. In fact, some of the, I have some thoughts as you, as you gave that excellent introduction, I had some thoughts, you know, maybe we should just put these podcasts on hold and I spend the next six months learning all this and have it all figured out. And then we start to have the podcast when I have something real to teach because I just feel like I'm a student at the same time that I've been, been called on by my clients to do these virtual sessions and teach them something. And I just feel like I'm learning what I'm teaching. And one of the things that I have been through this last um, 30 days is that uh, for the first six weeks, I really embraced the darkness. I embraced the grief that I was going through, the loss of my income, um, the loss of familiarity, the loss of my friendships. Um, and I got really down and I got very depressed and I had to face some darkness in my life. And what I just kept doing is walking and being present to it. And I've been taking a course on mindfulness and just, just being mindful of what I'm going through 
and just staying in the present. Because what happens is when I start to go into the future, then I get stressed. And then I pick up uh, unnecessary anxiety as opposed to just being present and trusting and uh, trusting that I'm going to get through this and I just keep walking. I have no idea what it is, but I'm going through this dark forest and I have, I, I, I got my compass in place, which is my values and a community around me to share it with and friendships that I can reach out to every day and share. Am I on the right track here? We're all in this together and just keep walking. And what has emerged through the darkness in this last 30 days is um, an enormous amount of insight. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't even have it articulated yet. I've been doing a lot of journaling. I've been doing a lot of reflecting. And I've been articulating um, what's coming up. But in the midst of the darkness, there's a lot of good material that I know that will be useful It'll be useful in our online program that you and I are putting together. I'm also in the process of designing an online program with a physician. We're going to call it the, at least the working title is the physiology of leadership and how leaders can create a safe space and they're going to need to create a safe space, but they have to be connected to their body and their own physiology. And it's coming from a medical perspective that the call a colleague that I'm going to be working with, that's going to give it from a medical perspective and I'm going to give it from a, from an organizational development perspective, and we're going to integrate those two ideas together and what I've been learning from you about leadership at a practical level. And so it's emerging into something that's, I think, going to be very useful. But I have the one thing I have been learning is to be present mm -hmm. to whatever's going on and to accept whatever's going on, um, because out of that, um, is the soil of goodness that starts to and wisdom? Wis, I'm gonna wisdom might be a little bit uh, uh, presumptuous on my part, but it feels like some new insights that are coming forward. So that's a long rambling answer to a, a really good question. So I'll, I'll let you give that's a okay. response. <laughs> um, well, I have a few questions, <laughs> of course, for you. Please. So, like, first, I just want to understand what it means to just be. For you what is that like what are you doing and how are you staying present because i say this to people too and they kind of look at me sometimes like over my head <laughs> right they're like well okay that's fine you can say that but how are you doing that and how are you reminding yourself to be there and be present because i think this is really important for people part of it is having a meditation practice and practice mm -hmm. observing and being aware Part of it, part of meditation is, is concentration so that you, your mind will always drift and go somewhere else. And then you bring it back to a, to a, to your breath, usually bring it back to your body. Oh yeah. And then your mind wanders and then you bring it back. And then that's the concentration piece, but there's also an awareness piece. What's going on at this moment. And we all, and then the important thing about meditation is for me is it doesn't end when your meditation is over, it continues on. Your, your whole life actually can be a meditation. And what you find is just noticed, noticing um, when you're driving and you're not even present. We've all had the experience of driving somewhere and then you wonder when we got there, how did I get here? Because I didn't even, because I wasn't present. Yeah. And just notice without judgment, really what it is, is it's continual awareness. Oh, I'm not present right now. And one of the things to help you get present is just to look around the room. 
And what am I noticing in this room? I got these pictures over here. I got this computer in front of me. I'm, I'm looking, and right now I'm present. And the only thing that matters in my life right now is this conversation. And when this conversation is over, the only thing that will matter is the next conversation. But right now, this is all that matters. And if I can just pay attention to that, then I open the door to saying, now what's going on inside of me? Hmm. And listen, and again, this is, you know, listening to your body, where in your body, like, for example, um, I'm, I'm less nervous at this moment than I was 10 minutes ago. And you have an incredible ability to create a space to put people at ease. And I'm aware of that right now, that at the first, um, I was, I was, my, my breath was shorter and my chest was tight and I could feel this anxiety in my stomach. As we started this conversation, I started to think, am I going to say anything useful here? Am I going to have anything uh, of, of value to offer? And what if, Ali asked me some questions that I have no idea how to answer. And then I just changed the topic like I'm probably doing right now. But so, so if I just notice that, then I can notice what's going on in my body. Now, if I get to a point where I start to feel sad. So for example, as I was sharing with you before we started is, um, I lost a very good friend this weekend, Mm -hmm. this weekend who has been my mentor for, uh, 25 years, almost 25 years. She was 90 years old. And ordinarily, I'd be on a plane this weekend um, flying to Boston to go to her funeral. Well, you can't have a funeral today with more than 10 people. So we're having a virtual funeral with some of her close colleagues and friends. Well, there's a level of grief. So this weekend, I've spent a good part of the weekend crying. And just stopping, part of it is slowing down and just being aware, what's going on? I'm grieving right now. Mm-hmm. And just notice it in my body. And, it, and then we'll, we'll go and we'll distract and we'll get busy and we'll do something else. And then again, just like a meditation, you'd be, oh yeah, let's come back to my breath. The breath is a good doorway to being present. And I'm sure you, you may well be, because you teach the mindfulness stuff in our, in our retreat. So you could probably answer that question much more articulately than I just did. I would I love to know what your job. experience is about how you stay present. I think yeah. you did an amazing the, the, job. the thing is, you just have to be intentional, first of yes. all, don't you? Yeah. And I, I'm laughing at you right now because you're trying to turn your interviewer back on me. So I'm staying <laughs> on you today, Dave, just so you know. <laughs> Okay. This is where okay. we're staying. I'm good with this that. is important. This is your journey and this is really good. Um, but I, yeah, I'm totally resonating with everything you're saying. And as far as being present goes um, and the distractions that happen, if we didn't have those distractions, like people get frustrated and they say, oh, I can't meditate because I get distracted or I can't be present because I'm distracted. If we didn't have those distractions, they wouldn't remind us to be present. And if we were present all the time, we might actually become like zombies. <laughs> so the distraction is part of the process. And it's an actually a really important part of the process because it continually builds awareness and continually reminds us that there is something better out there for us. There's a better state for our bodies and our nervous system to be in. And so I think that's just such a really uh, a cool part of it. So the mindfulness techniques I'm trained in is, is 
around heart math and I have a meditation teacher training, but I know you're taking a program right now. Um, can you tell us about the program you're taking and what you're kind of taking away from this one? Because I'm getting some good insights from you on this as well. So this is John Kabat-Zinn, who has been a mentor for me for a long time. And I'm just a, very curious what he's done online. And he's got a great, great program through Sounds True. And it's an eight-week program. And what I'm learning is that the distraction, as you just described, is completely aligned with what you just described. The distraction is actually part of the meditation process, is that we think that meditation is over here. And I've got to set this particular... Um, this particular standard of not being distracted. And then I get distracted and I get away from my meditation practice, but it's all integrated together. So bringing yourself back to awareness, to a back to your body, back to your breath, back to what's going on inside of me is all part of the process. No judgment because mm -hmm. it's going to happen. That's the way the nature of the mind. And if you can notice it happening, then you're meditating then yeah. you're connecting if you can notice it. And then if you start to judge, oh, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be distracted, then notice that without a judgment. And then you, and in the process of accepting it, we go deeper and we just, we just are with ourselves more fully. And this is to me, the only way through this is just to stay present with ourselves and have a community of people to share with. I have to pick up the phone, frankly, every day and share it. I've got a, you know, a, probably a dozen people in my community, you being one of them, where yesterday I texted you and I was confused about some stuff and it was in the midst of the grief because there's the grief and then there's the grief on top of the grief, but not being able to have the, the kind of closure, not that closure is possible anyway, but not being able to have that transit, that ritual of a funeral um, so, you know, I picked up the phone and you weren't available yesterday. So I've got a whole resource, a whole stable of people, pillars, what I call pillars. And we, I knew we were going to get together today so that we're not overly reliant on one person. But I think it's important to just, I think, just do nothing else. If you get nothing out of this, you know, if, if our listeners get nothing out of this conversation, just make a little room in life for space, mm -hmm. space to go for a walk, space to be in nature space to just sit still, yeah. um, space to, to ask yourself on a regular basis over the, over the course of a day, what's going on in my body? You can close your eyes and hold out your hands and feel the animation of your body. You can feel the spirit in your hand. Well, you can't intellectualize that, but you can feel it. It's really helpful to have live plants around you so that you can store, uh, even, even another human being or just your own humanness, you can stop and just embrace the miraculousness of life and just sit and be aware of that. And that is another door to getting into being aware of what's going on in your body and what's going on in your heart. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, this is not a a road more traveled in our world. We just want to get busy and we want to move forward and we want to be productive and we want to, you know, we want to pivot and change our business. And, and, and that's all of that is good. 
but it, if it's not balanced with some stillness, it will not come across as authentic. You won't earn the credibility with people and um, it won't be sustaining. Mm -hmm. And I also think the highest performing people in the world, the most highly functioning people, 100% understand the value of this. It's the only way you can be that high functioning. You have to learn how to be in the present moment and be okay with what is and what comes and, and, and deal with that. I was thinking about presence. And so there's kind of three states you could kind of be thinking or, or be in the past, you could be in the present or you could be in the future. So there's three kind of places you could be at any given time. And if you're anywhere but the present, you're creating a sense of pull, I guess, on your system because you're thinking about things that either have existed and there's nothing you can do anything about or things that are yet to be that, again, you cannot do anything about right now. And what that does is it triggers your nervous system response. So it shortens your breath that you're talking about should your thinking should we cancel these podcasts? I'm not sure if I have something to talk about today. You kind of went into this future orientated state that actually wasn't serving you. And then as soon as we started talking and just so you know, you always have things to contribute <laughs> amazingly. So don't ever doubt yourself. Um, but as soon as you got there and started talking, you're like, Oh yeah, no, this is amazing. I know this stuff, right? I've been doing this and I'm feeling great right now. And your body, you can tell you've been doing the work because your body, you felt your body calm down. And so that's one of the really good benefits. Sorry, my old, my old dog is oh, so good talking, talking about life. He's 15 years old sitting here beside me, my little old beagle. And he's like gacking up along. Denver is just there to teach, to remind you to stay present because dogs know how to do this. Yeah. I don't even remember what I was talking about now. I just love, that's so those are the things that bring me to presence sometimes i'll just turn and look at him and i'll just be like oh man like just every moment i have with you i i love it right and give him a little snuggle and it just makes your day so much better so um but yeah so but, that but, but what you're saying here about the self-doubt and distracting what i'm learning and i feel like i'm an, i'm so new at this but what i am learning is not to judge that just to be with it see i think we think well i have to be present but if you know i'm thinking about the past right now or just like you said i'm thinking about the future that brought it into my awareness and just knowing that now i'm present to that mm -hmm. so it isn't about having to get to a certain state in order to call it being enlightened or being mindful no. It's just walking through and being present. But I do know that when I'm stressed and my indicator of that is I want to stay busy or I take it internally and I get very unmotivated to do anything except curl up in a ball and binge watch Netflix shows. <laughs> um, if I'm in that state, I'm not in the present moment. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, worrying about the future and feeling hopeless about the future i'm feeling useless all these thoughts and if i can and i'm forgetting how to stay present yeah totally and even if i decide to binge watch netflix shows if i can do it consciously 
then I won't have these expectations that the Netflix shows are going to make me feel any better. I'm just going to have a distraction for a couple of hours and I just need to distract. (laughs) If you want to, then do it under the right circumstance for yourself, right? I just need, I just need to have an escape and just make sure also that the escape is not destructive. Yeah. That if we start, if we truly are, for example, alcoholics, um, alcohol doesn't belong in the, in the process mm-hmm. to escape because that will destroy you. Yeah. Um, so, there, but again, being very mindful about that. I think let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, I think there's like a stigma around the actual act of meditation too. So, um, you know, like I get a lot of times, so I don't, I actually don't talk about it a lot unless people come to me because uh, I, I did at the start and I realized very quickly that people have to be ready and want to talk about meditating and understand what being present does for them. But then once they start, there's this stigma around sitting down. They feel like they have to sit down on a pillow at the same time every day and close their eyes. Um, And for me, I have this really open perspective of what meditation is. And I'm just wondering what your vision or your definition of meditation is for you and how you're able to make that compatible with your life. Oh, such a good question. And again, it's a question to a student here, not a teacher. Um, but I love what John Kabat-Zinn, uh, how, he, how he starts by talking about meditation is he doesn't have you sit down and meditate. He just uses the analogy of eating a raisin. And you eat a raisin and you put it in your, and you just notice the miracle of being able to lift your hand Pick, pick, pick up a raisin and put it in your mouth. You know, the act of doing that, if you just notice doing that, it's, it's amazing. How did that happen that I can actually pick up a raisin and put it in my mouth? And then you begin to chew it or just have it roll around in your mouth and you begin to say, where did the amazing ability to taste come from? And you just experience the taste and you let that taste be with you, that's meditating because you're aware. The one word that I would use to describe meditation is awareness. Yeah. Aware, what's going on right now without judgment, which is by definition what awareness is from my perspective. Absolutely. And just notice, I'm not present. Okay, I'm going to come back to my breath and be present. That's meditating. As opposed to just being lost in our thoughts. I went for a walk with Val at lunch. We took the dogs out into the nature conservancy behind our home. It's a ritual that we do every day now. And I noticed a good part of that walk. I wasn't there. I was thinking about the podcast. (laughs) What am I going to say to Allie? And am I going to have any? And then I would notice thinking. That's what I I, I gently remind myself when I'm there. I'm thinking again. That's meditating. Often I've learned that it helps when you're walking to look sideways because when you're, when you're thinking, what we tend to do is get tunnel vision and look at the, our feet, but you have to, if you walk slow enough that you can look and observe what's going on in peripheral vision, it'll bring you back to the present moment. That's and you begin to notice. Yeah. So that's just a little thing that I came up with. Yeah. I'm definitely going to use that 
And I think, so I think that there, the practice of meditation exists, obviously, for people who want to really get to this place of what you might have called enlightenment or gain this like mastery. But I also think um, it helps you build that awareness. So for me, I do sit down every day. I don't sit on a pillow. <laughs> I sit in a nice big open window and sometimes I close my eyes and sometimes I don't. Like I'm super chill about how it goes for me, but I commit to the practice every day because I think committing to that practice, it's, I, I, I don't even know that I get a lot from the actual practice. It's the rest of the day. Does that make sense to you? 100%. Yeah. It's 100%. like, you just seem to that, um, maybe awareness trigger, <laughs> that trigger of thinking or thoughts just keeps coming back up for you. And so the days when I don't meditate are the days that I'm the most challenged, <laughs> like, Oh, what's wrong. And then at the end of the day, you're like, Oh, right. I didn't take care of myself today. And that's how I define it is taking care of myself. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's connecting in our words to your authentic self where you begin to be aware of where you're at. And then you and I also have a common practice that we do after we meditate, which is to write. Yeah. And I find journal writing for 10 or 15 minutes after I meditate to connect before I check. And I'm very relentless about this. Before I check email in the morning, I make sure that I have taken quiet time, been still and connected with my spirit, with my heart before I come into the demands of the day. Otherwise I'll just lose myself and I won't even, and the, the difficulty is when I, when I lose myself, it means that I don't even know that I've lost myself. I've just gotten swept away by the demands of the world. And then I wonder at the end of the day why I'm depleted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So one last question for you before we close it up today. This has been a very interesting discussion. Well, I find it very fascinating, Allie, that, that we were talking about my journey. And then we, we really talk about how important it is to meditate but it isn't like this thing that you have to do every day. I mean, we, we have a practice where we do it, where we can sit every day and notice this, but that's just bringing attention to it. But it's not like sitting in a particular position or no. doing anything particular. It's a way of, meditation isn't a noun, it's a verb. It's a way of being in life where we're noticing what's going on in our lives. Anyway, you're gonna ask one more question. Yeah, I just wanted to ask one more question about the writing. So I know why that's important to me. I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners why that's important to you because um, yeah, it's done incredible things for me, but I know you have some really great insights on that being a writer yourself too. <laughs> well, what I've noticed is that there's a difference between writing and editing mm. and it's, I spend a good part of my life. I've don't, I've noticed this. I spend a good part of my life editing okay, we're having a conversation and I, I, I noticed the space that you're creating for our conversation today. I have not edited this conversation. It's just whatever, I, I'm spontaneous. I haven't tried to be appropriate. I just let it come out. I, this conversation is like how I write in the morning in my journal where I take out a real pen and a paper. For me, I have to do it on pen and paper because it takes it, if I'm on the computer, I'm in my head. So if I want to go into my heart, I find it helpful to take a pen and put it on a paper. And I have a leather journal that's really, you know, important for me. But that's what gets me into my heart. And then I don't edit. I just just write about what's going on in my heart, what matters to me in that particular moment, what's going on inside of me right now. And it's it's 
it actually doesn't matter what I put on the paper, but it's a ritual of sitting down and just saying, I just came out of my quiet time. What's going on in my heart today? What's going on? I'm feeling a little nervous because I've got this podcast coming up and I'll just notice that. Or I've got this dream of pulling off this and designing this on and I'm, you know, I'm excited and I'm scared. And then I've got some grief from the weekend left over that I'm still sad because I'm still in the process. And so I put that down. And it's just about saying, no one's going to read this. It's not going to be graded. I'm just going to write. And it teaches me, it models for me how I want to live without being always appropriate and containing myself and managing expectations and what I call impression management, where I'm continually managing the impression that I'm making on other people. I just live from my heart more fully. That to me is what the authentic journey is. And I hope that that's being exhibited in our conversations. Yeah, I hope so too. You know, I read somewhere one time, I'll just share this with you in closing, but I read somewhere one time, I'm giggling because it was really funny, but it always struck with me or stuck with me was, uh, and it really reflects in my writing too. So uh, it's getting rid of the voices. And I read in a book at some point that somebody was describing how they get rid of the voices. <laughs> and this person actually pictured them as like little mice and picked them up by their tail and put them in a mason jar. <laughs> And they're just like chirping away, right? And then they would put the lid on and be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and, you know, I do that with my writing in the morning. So I feel like I can walk away from that with a clear head and my thoughts aren't rats, but <laughs> uh, it's like this opportunity just to like, like almost like spew it out onto paper and just be like, okay, these are all the things that might've held me down today. And they're here. It's, I can always come back to it at any point in time. And there is no pressure or no stress around it now because it's not going to disappear. It's there if I want it. And if I don't, it's totally fine too. Right. So I really enjoy that part of the process. too. And you've stepped away from the mice and those <laughs> mice aren't running your life anymore. You can observe them. You can notice them. You can look at them through the jar. Yeah. But they're not, they're not defining you and they're not who you are anymore. Exactly. And you could like just lightly unscrew the jar and you could hear them going, and then you just close it back up, <laughs> go back to your day <laughs> and enjoy your life. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> Maybe that's my lunatic. That's a great takeaway. Right? That's a great, that's a great image. And <laughs> I, I like the lightness that comes with it. We don't yeah. have to hammer our way into killing these things. No, no, no. They you gently leave at some point. <laughs> You're going to have to let them have air at some point, but that can be on your terms. Not exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, thanks. It's always a delight. It's so inspiring. And uh, let's keep walking through the darkness and we find the lights and uh, it's all real. Yeah. And let's just stay real. Keep our heart open and our spirit strong. Hey, Allie. Beautiful. Thanks for not editing your journey, Dave. I appreciate that. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us once again for another episode of The Other Everest. It's our mission to continue to bring you engaging, heartwarming, and inspiring content. So if you have any feedback or suggestions, please feel free to visit davidirvin.com at any time, as we would love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please rate it or subscribe or simply share the episodes with people you know who would also enjoy this conversation. 
Authentic leaders create ripples in time. Those ripples extend to generations yet unborn. And it's not just impact in the here and now, but impact in here and forever. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for being a part of this journey with us. Until we meet again.